sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two right here on SportsGrid Fantasy Sports Today. Joe Pizapia with you and some Huge breaking news that should not come as a shock to anyone because the Ravens COVID tests were certainly going in the wrong direction. And this was a very important game, possibly a deciding playoff game practically for the Baltimore Ravens in this North division of the AFC and is now going to officially be postponed. Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, and all the important people that get you all that proper confirmed information, which we love the confirmed information. It's the best. They have confirmed that this game has indeed been moved now to Sunday. Hopefully, they'll be able to play it Sunday. So, sorry for everybody on Thursday night. You're not going to have a football game. It's time to pivot to the Trivial Pursuit, the Yahtzee, maybe dust the old Monopoly board out. You might have to spend some time with your relatives talking about stuff. Sure, 2020 has given you a lot to talk about, but look – you know, it, it, this is the right call by the NFL. Uh, I just want to put this out there, too. I mean, it, whatever Ravens team you're going to get Thursday night was going to be a debacle. And I think on the short week, the holiday, the whole thing, this was too important of a game in the landscape of what the AFC is going to be, the AFC North specifically, but the AFC picture of the playoffs altogether. This game had to be kind of postponed. It seemed like it was trending in that direction. And now, officially, we do have the word that has moved to Sunday. So you have a little bit more time. Those of you who have some players in this game want to figure this out. Now, here's the wrinkle we got to figure out and find out. And this is something I'm sure if you stay tuned to Sports Grid all day, because that's obviously what you're supposed to do all day. You got to watch the Sports Grid. Uh, you're going to find out whether or not FanDuel is going to move this game off the Thanksgiving slate. Now, my guess is they kind of keep these three games together as the Thanksgiving slate, because I can't imagine with everybody who's already bought into Thanksgiving Day tournaments and contests and put lineups together that they're going to take this Pittsburgh Steelers out of it and make it a two-game slate. Now, that could happen, and if it does, well, then you're stuck with the Cowboys, Washington. You're stuck with Houston and Detroit. That means no Pittsburgh wide receivers, no Big Ben, no Steelers defense, all that stuff would be gone. Now, I don't know how that's going to work out if that's going to be the case. So keep an eye on that. Those of you like me who are already making FanDuel investments into Thanksgiving, this could change things a little bit. But this just happened. Literally, as we were doing interviews, this just happened. So we'll come back to this a little later in the show, I'm sure. But for now, Thursday night football is no more. And some more headlines, too. It's more cancellations because Minnesota... Uh, versus Wisconsin's canceled due to COVID as well. Ends a 113-year streak. That's a long time. 113 years is almost as long as Frank Gore has played in the NFL. Just, I don't know if you knew that, but it's close. Uh, so that game is also going to be uh, canceled because of COVID. And this, this is the reality. This is where we're at. As we look to the rest of the headlines here, you see Utah is going to play Washington after Arizona State. That game uh, got canceled too. Uh, 49ers, uh, cornerback uh, Kawan Williams suspended uh, two games for PEDs. You don't see a lot of people get popped very often for PEDs <laughs> in the NFL, which is kind of surprising when you think about it because some bigger fellows play football and some really guys in really good shape. But you never hear a lot of PED suspensions in the NFL. Get them Major League Baseball still. Got one not that long ago, Robbie Cano, a couple weeks ago, last time I checked. PED suspensions in the NFL, you don't see that very often. Kind of curious. Kind of makes me wonder why Why in the NFL we don't get them. We get them in Major League Baseball. I don't understand. 
I know I'm kind of thinking out loud here, but I think you can kind of sense what I'm thinking out loud, but I digress. Let's move on here. Rex Burkhead is likely out for the season. No surprise there, too. That was a terrible injury this last week against the Houston Texans that he did suffer. And uh, sad for Rex Burkhead because not only was he having a pretty good season, but also a free agent looming season. And uh, you hate to see this happen to anybody, but especially in a free agent year when you're looking to get that next contract. And I said it earlier this week on the show, and I'm going to stand to it. It would not shock me to see if Tom Brady's back next year with the Bucs, as we all anticipate him being, to see maybe Rex Burkhead sign there. You know, some familiarity, a James White, somebody like that end up with Tom Brady. Because, you know, Tom Brady does like familiarity, and I can understand I'm old too. I like familiarity at this point too. We like to know where things are. I like to go look out there, and I'm sure like Tom Brady likes to see, oh, look, there's James White. I recognize him. Oh, look, Antonio Brown. He's my friend. Rob Gronkowski, I love him. So maybe he'll join the band too, but that's what they're kind of missing, that guy to kind of catch the ball frequently. Uh, Also, uh, college basketball is back. So excited. So look, we had some cancellations, but college basketball is back, so that's a good thing. So again, the sports gods taketh away, but the sports gods giveth as well. So we can't get too bad out of shape. And don't worry, we'll get that Pittsburgh game off hopefully on Sunday. And uh, I'd like to make a suggestion to move it to Sunday night football so I don't have to watch the Bears. Can I Can I make that suggestion? Ooh, teacher, teacher, could I please, if I may, make one suggestion. If we're going to move this game and we take the Bears and Packers, and I, I don't think any of us need to see the Bears on Thursday night isolated games, on Monday night isolated games, on Sunday night isolated games anymore. Can we please take the Pittsburgh Ravens game? which was supposed to be at nighttime and, and keep it at nighttime on Sunday night. Now, I, I don't know how that's going to be from a contract standpoint or how moving things around, but I know that's an NBC coverage game on Thursday night football. Anyway, last time I checked, NBC runs Thursday, uh, Sunday night football too. Uh, can we, can we have that? Can we make that work, please? I would really appreciate that. I would, I would love to see that happen. Let's make that happen. Cause I, I think if I have to watch Nick Foles and the bears one more time on a standalone game, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough turkey and pie in the world to drown my sorrows. I don't think that there is. Uh, So keep an eye on all that, too. So and speaking of FanDuel also, as we mentioned before, keep an eye on that, how they're going to isolate that slate and maybe change things. Maybe they do keep all three games together. Maybe they break them out. Maybe they start just not allowing you to roster the other people and they send you an email. But it's one of those things. If you're like me, you play DFS, you want to make sure you have some clarity. So I'm sure clarity will start to uh, develop over time. Speaking of clarity, whenever you have injuries, you need some clarity on those guys. And Dr. Chow is going to sit down with Craig Mish for some quality time to talk about just that. So stick around. More fantasy sports today right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Each and every week we check in with Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Doc, of course, ProFootballDoc.com. Follow him on Twitter. Check out his podcast, his columns at Outkick, and, of course, exclusively right here on SportsGrid, breaking it all down. Dr. Chow, great to see you. By the way, happy Thanksgiving, if I don't get the chance to say that later on in our interview. How are you? I'm doing fine. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Well, Thursday always provides interesting football, and this Thursday, I mean, even though the games don't look very sexy, at least in the early part of the day, Dr. Chow, 
there's no doubt that we have our our players and our I would think our fantasy teams in question going into this game on Thursday and and honestly, I want to start with the Lions here because after what I saw last week, I don't know what to think. The quarterback doesn't look right. That We've been waiting for their receiver to get back on the field. I got to say, overall, it's concerning for me. I mean, even DeAndre Swift, what's going on with the Lions here? I think a lot is going on with them. Obviously, Matthew Stafford is less than 100% with his thumb uh, ligament in- issue. But, you know, not having DeAndre Smith, Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, et cetera, has taken its toll. I don't think DeAndre Smith will Swift will play. Uh, it, the way the practice reports went and the way the concussion symptoms showed up, it may have been delayed symptoms from the week before, the game before, which would have him out for Thursday. We'll have to see. Concussions are hard to tell. Kenny Galladay, you know, is is teasing us with the limited practice, but it's a short week. Uh, it may be better for him to take the 10 days post Thursday and and get better. So I think he's iffy there too. And I don't think Amendola is really that close. So I have it as unfortunately perhaps 0 for 3 on those. Wow. Matthew Stafford is going to have to find another way with uh, with somebody else. Yeah, no, that, that would be very tough for Thursday. And of course, we have some of the, the COVID issues surrounding the Thursday night game. But I, I think that for the most part, we like to focus in on the Saturday slate and Sunday slate, Saturday for college football, Sunday for pro football. Uh, Dr. Chow, let, let's go over to Kyler Murray here for a second. And, and I'm wondering, you I'm sure watched that game where, uh, you know, he, he kind of was looking like he was favoring a shoulder. Some folks didn't feel like he felt right, looked right. And, boy, he is a crucial part of our fantasy teams. So I'm wondering what you think there. Is there something there, more to it than we know? Oh, there definitely is something there. I believe, and I said it in-game, that he suffered a right throwing shoulder, AC joint sprain, a separated shoulder, a very similar injury to what uh, Sam Darnold has gone through twice, right? right? And Sam Darnold both times finished the game, and then the team has decided to hold him out the team, the Jets have said, unless he's practicing full, we're not going to play him. Uh, I don't think the Cardinals are going to say the same thing. They're going to say, we're in a playoff battle here, and I don't see any long-term harm. He may not be 100%, but 85% Kyler Murray is going to be better than anything we have. There's nothing wrong with his feet and his legs, and he still has enough arm strength and accuracy, and you saw it, even though he was wincing in pain, he could still throw, that I firmly believe that he will play through. And this is why all injuries aren't treated the same. If we go back to, you know, we talked about uh, Christian McCaffrey not playing until he's 100% based on a team decision. We talked about Teddy Bridgewater. Didn't think Teddy Bridgewater would play. Everyone thought he would play. Well, Teddy Bridgewater with an MCL doesn't play, whereas Big Ben with his MCL does play. Is one player tougher than the other? No. One's a veteran, knows the offense, doesn't need to practice to play, and they're undefeated. They're on a, in, a, in a run for the first seed. The other, Teddy Bridgewater, the team's not going anywhere this year. They're saving their star for the future. And he's probably someone who needs to practice to play because he's still new to the young system. So not every injury is treated the same the same way, even though they may be similar injuries. So I am not calling Sam Darnold soft. I am not calling Teddy Bridgewater soft. It's just the way that their teams are handling them in terms of what they have, which is why, in the end, Kyler Murray, I think, will play and be fine. 
Mm. Yeah, no, interesting for sure, because it's like getting Kyler Murray at, at 70% is still better, Dr. Chow, than a lot of the quarterbacks that we have in fantasy at 100%, that's for sure. I could say the same thing about the 49ers running back situation, where it does seem like whoever starts has been fantasy viable every single week this season. We just have no clue going into the week who that is going to be. So I know they've had a couple of guys on IR in Mostert and Wilson. I know McKinnon is there. They have other running backs, too. I suppose this is a very difficult question to ask. But if you're a fantasy owner, who are the trustable, healthy running backs on the 49ers this week? Well, the 49ers have four people that are injured. But I think there's a possibility that all four could play. Uh, Mostert with the high ankle Tevin Coleman with the knee again, Jeff Wilson Jr. with the calf, and McKinnon with the stinger. If you go by order of who could play, best guess midweek, I think it's Tevin Coleman, McKinnon, then maybe Mostert Wilson. But I think at least two of the four will play this week. The 49ers are coming off a bye. Right. Whenever there is a bye, you don't get a lot of information during that buy. And so Wednesday practice reports and let's see what happens. My best guess is at least two out of those four will play. Uh, so there'll be somebody. Well, no, we know Jamichael Hasty is not. That's what we do know. But at least two of the four will play, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, and look, at this time of the year, it's always trying to wade through the information, trying to find players that are healthy to play. That's why we have you on the show and you called it basically the last three weeks in a row with Seattle's running back situation. Uh, basically play for play and, and word for word with who was going to come back first. It was Hyde that ended up coming back first. Would you be concerned from as a Hyde owner this week that Carson could be back this week? Because honestly, Hyde looked so good last week that if he ends up getting the opportunity again, he's a plug-and-play guy at running back, but not if Carson's there, Dr. Chow. Then it becomes another iffy situation. Well, Craig, I do know a number of people throughout the league, but I promise you I do not have a Seattle Seahawks mole. That was all just— I mean, you, 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 must, you must have something on that phone, Dr. Chow, with the texting. It's got to be. I, I, know, I know the feeling because I do it in baseball. I know you. Don't, you got to be clear with that. No, no. You know, what I do know is I've got good at looking at injuries, but also getting a beat on the Seahawks and Pete Carroll and what he says. That's true, too. You have called that, saying that Carroll is always going to be optimistic with everyone. Everyone's going to be playing. I think that, you know, he mentioned, uh, you know, probably Jim Zorn is going to come play this week. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, uh, but in any case, uh, I think there is this coming up week week 12, Chris Carson is possible to play. So if he does play, I don't think he's going to be the number one guy, but he certainly could steal some touches from, from Carlos Hyde. So there, there is some worry there, as you say. But, uh, you know, we've gone through in, in the podcast this week, Pro Football Doc Podcast, the title is something like uh, Breaking the Myth of Game Time Decision. Carlos Chris Carson has been, quote, a game time decision three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row, he did not play. And all I'm saying is game time decision is not what fans think it is. Oh, we don't know. He's really close. He might play. Game time decision is we know what's going to happen. Let's just confirm it at the time of the game. And they (laughs) knew he wasn't going to play. It's like you walk up to a line of scrimmage. You know what play you're going to run. Are there sometimes audibles? Sure. But sure. you audible out of a pass to this certain run play. It's not you have 
150 plays in the playbook. Let's just walk up the line of scrimmage and we're going to call out an entirely different play. It's there's play A and play B, maybe play C, but okay, we're going with A, we'll audible to B. And, and that's at, at the most you get in terms of game time decision. We don't think he's going to play, but let's make extra sure come Sunday morning that he's not. And that turns into game time decision. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it really isn't likely. Like for Teddy Bridgewater, you can't make me believe that the Panthers and Matt Rule are so disorganized that they truly thought he was going to play. And then two hours before the game, 30 minutes before the 90-minute inactives changed their mind and sat. Yeah, good point. I mean, I mean they, they do this for a living. And, and you know, reporters, they're, they're just confusing people. I, I have I don't know Matt Rule, but I have too much respect for anyone in the NFL to think that they're just so haphazard in their decision-making. I agree. I just yeah. think it's planned. We yeah. just don't know it. Uh, listen, deception is part of the game. The Patriots have been doing it for years, and the injury report is, is part of that, too. Dr. Chow, have a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and we'll catch up again next week. Thank you. All right, Dr. David Chow with us here on Fantasy Sports Today. We'll take a quick timeout. Plenty more to come here on our Wednesday edition of the show, so make sure you stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, Thanksgiving holiday is here, and what a great time it could be to make some money in terms of DFS by following our next guest, Jim Sanis, at Jim Sanis, also going to his website at NumberFire. He joins us here each and every week. We're going to break down the Sunday slate, of course, but I think that more intriguing potentially could be the Thursday slate of NFL games. Three games, as of now, on the slate today, and uh, we're going to go through them all. Jim, thanks for coming on the show. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, first of all. Yeah, same to you, Craig. I appreciate it. And it's a, it's always a fun one for DFS and the uncertainty around the COVID protocols for, for DFS definitely does make it a bit hairier, but still, I think some good plays available to us in that three game slate. All right. Well, let, let's dive into it here a little bit because DFS, Jim, is going to have to save us on Thursday. Let's be <laughs> real here. We got two games early that are not all that scintillating. The night game potentially better. The college football game, as a side note, is a real stinker. I know our producer Brett Levy is into the early game with New Mexico. But for me, uh, I want to focus in here on on the slate on Thursday. So let's go through it here a little bit. And here is the pricing for the quarterbacks that you have to choose from. It is very clear cut. Going into Thursday's games, we have Deshaun Watson at 8,700, Lamar Jackson at 8,000, Ben Roethlisberger at 7,700, Matt Stafford at 7,200. Boy, he did not look good last week, I must say. Andy Dalton at 6,800, and then Alex Smith pops in at 6,700. So I'm sure we'll get into stacks and players we could potentially use at running back and wide receiver. But Jim, let's start off with quarterback here. And assuming we can only pick one and assuming that people's budgets are only going to allow them to participate maybe in one tournament or one cash game, who who is the quarterback for you on Thursday? 
it's Deshaun Watson. I think that that would be the obvious choice, but it's obvious for a reason. Like sometimes the, the chalk is a chalk for a reason. I think that's the case with Deshaun Watson here. He's been running a lot more ever since Bill O'Brien got fired. That's a good thing for us for daily fantasy. And even with the increased rushing attempts, he has just one rushing touchdown in that time. So potentially some, some progression coming here for Deshaun Watson in the rushing department. That's a good thing. And this Detroit defense just isn't very good. We also know how to stack. I mean, I think that's a plus for making one, line of Craig you don't want to whiff on the stacking partner with your quarterback so that that gives a lot of luxury you can go with either Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks and even if the other one is the one who goes off the guy you pick isn't going to burn you because those two guys have really good floors and good ceilings especially with Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills out so I think if I have one lineup it's Deshaun Watson if I have two it's Lamar Jackson but I think those two pretty definitively the top two guys at quarterback for this Thursday slate yeah, no, I, I think so. I, I'm really curious to see what happens, especially me, me more so at the running back position, because in my season long leagues, it is time. It is. I, I won both my games last week, Jim. So this is Good. it. Like I'm, I'm going to get knocked out if I lose again. And so I have to win. I have Zeke Elliott in both the leagues that I play in. And so I'm thinking of tripling down and putting eighty five hundred dollars salary on Zeke Elliott, here are the running backs. DeAndre Swift, assuming he's going to play, looks good for Thursday, 7,200 there. We have Gibson of Washington at 6,800. James Conner, 6,700. He lost a goal line carry last week to Benny Snell. With David Johnson now officially on IR, Duke Johnson at 6,100. And uh, and look, Dobbins' situation for Baltimore is a little bit unknown, so we'll uh, list him here at 5,900, but you guys have to tread lightly on that one. And then J.D. McKissick at 5,700. And Jim, since Alex Smith has come in, he's been his best friend. It's just check down after check down after check down in a PPR league. You can't go wrong with McKissick. How about on FanDuel this week? Yeah, I think that for me, it, it revolves around your guy, Zeke's. I'm hoping that uh, it's a good week for you and your season-long lead because Zeke's in a good spot here, Once you can see, even if you consider the salary. I think that Zeke is objectively over-salaried for this week, but because all the other running backs have such low salaries, I kind of feel like it doesn't matter that Zeke is over-salaried. You just kind of just want to pick the three best running backs. Zeke would be there for me. Gus Edwards is $5,200. He's kind of like the lone ranger left for the Baltimore Ravens right. after uh, the, the J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram positive test. He's $5,200. He will lose some snaps in the passing game uh, to, to Justice Hill, and that's a negative for sure, but at that salary in an offense that it will be as efficient running as they will be, I think it's still worth it. Number three for me would be Antonio Gibson. Yeah, J.D. McKissick is getting a lot of targets, but it's Gibson who's getting the red zone work. He actually leads this slate in red zone opportunity share among all running backs in their most relevant samples. So, yes, Antonio Gibson has scored a lot of touchdowns recently. That's normally a bad thing because it means he's due for regression, but you kind of expect that based on where he gets his usage. So I would say to me, the running backs after considering salary are ranked Zeke Elliott, one Gus okay. Edwards, two and Antonio mm -hmm. Gibson, number three. And then I think that James Connor and Duke Johnson kind of lingering behind them as viable options, but not ones that I actively want to feel that good about. Okay. Let's close it out at wide receiver and take a look at who we have here. Terry McLaurin, who is just rock solid each and every week. I know he's listed as questionable, but I would expect him to play 7,900 there. Will Fuller's been pretty good for Houston at Detroit, 7,400. We're going to list Kenny Galladay here at 7,000 as Jim and I are doing this right now. His status is unclear, but we're going to list him here. Uh, we have Cooper at 6,900. Uh, Deontay Johnson in the night game at 6,800 coming off the massive game. You could also go with Chase Claypool at 6,600. You could even go lower at Juju at 6,300. All the Steelers receivers are there, and then you see we sandwich in Brandon Cooks at 6,500. So, uh, look, Jim, here's what I know. Uh, Ravens-Steelers, provided this goes off without a hitch, 
one of those receivers is going to do something. <laughs> it's I don't know who it is going to be, and I don't know when it's going to be, but I am certain that one of those guys is going to go off. I just It's a hard time predicting which one. And last week, I know it was two out of the three. Yeah, and it was three out of three the week before that. So, like, usually right. you're going to guess right. Even if you're not, like, the, it's not the guy, you're probably going to guess right by using one of them. My preferred option this week is Chase Claypool, just because I would expect most people to gravitate towards Deontay Johnson. But honestly, like, Claypool gets the same number of deep targets as Deontay Johnson. Juju Smith-Schuster hurt his foot on Sunday. He stepped on a penalty flag, and it actually, like, weirdly hurt his foot. He It sounds like he'll probably play, but, like, not at full health. And if, if any additional targets go Chase Claypool, way the biggest downside of Claypool is his floor his floor is not as good as Deontay Johnson's but his true ceiling like his 90th percentile outcome is better than what you get out of Deontay Johnson so I think that Claypool is my favorite just because I'd expect him to be lower salaried make it a bump up with Juju Smith-Schuster being banged up if you're looking for a value wide receiver, I like Willie Sneed a lot in that exact same game. Mm, He's okay. $5,300, and he actually leads the Ravens in both deep targets and red zone targets since their bye week. That's a four-game sample. Marquise Brown is seemingly falling a bit out of favor, not getting as many targets from Lamar Jackson. Sneed is $5,300, and I know we don't think of him as being a deep threat. He's kind of not, but like he's been good so far this year. He's getting good volume from Lamar Jackson, so who am I to question it? I'm just going to accept the volume and go with Willie Sneed. I think that at that salary, $5,300, it makes a lot of sense to go there, and I think that he makes it a lot easier to get to guys like Deshaun Watson, like Zeke Elliott, and like Chase Claypool as well. So if you're looking for value on this slip, I think that Willie Sneed might be the number one guy outside of Gus Edwards. Oh, interesting one there. Especially, I, I agree with you on Brown, and it's self-inflicted. I mean, Brown catches the ball one foot down out of bounds, dropping the ball inbounds. Uh, they got to work with him in the offseason to get him right for sure. Okay, now let's move over to our Sunday slate. Normally, Jim and I talk about this on Friday, so proceed with caution. Use the advice to your advantage now. Make your final decisions on Sunday when the games go off. Of course, we will not be here on Friday to discuss it. So we're going to take care of it now. This is the Sunday slate of games coming up this weekend. Let's start off with quarterback Kyler Murray, 9,100. Patrick Mahomes against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that great matchup this weekend that we'll all be watching, 9,000 for him. Josh Allen goes against the Chargers off of his bye week at 8,600. Red Hot Herbert against Buffalo at 8,400. Tom Brady coming off a rough one. 7,900, Cam Newton against Arizona at home. 7,700, Matt Ryan, a clunker but does have a good matchup this week against Vegas at 7,600. And then Ryan Tannehill always seems like a dicey start for me, Jim. I don't know about you, but 7,500 for Tannehill this week at the Indianapolis Colts. So a couple of quarterbacks certainly in play here, and, and no doubt Allen coming off a bye has a great matchup against the Chargers, I would think. But conversely, on the other side, Herbert's winning money every week for people with his play lately. So a yeah. tough one for me, a quarterback. Yeah, it's tough because there are actually a lot of good options this week, and I think that's a good thing because we have three legitimate shootouts on this slate. You've got that game you mentioned between the Chargers and the Bills. You've got the Falcons versus the Raiders, and then the Chiefs versus the Bucks in the afternoon. I think that Chiefs-Bucks game is pretty fun because I know we just saw the Bucks totally collapse on Monday night, but – in the three games with Antonio Brown, Tom Brady is throwing more often on early downs in the first half, so more passing out of this team, and they're throwing deep more often. You'll see Tom Brady's you know, deep stats cited throughout this week where he's not completing those deep balls, but I don't care too much. He's not going to go 0 for 19 on deep balls for the entire year. So right. I would say that there's some positive or some progression coming there for Tom Brady. And I think Brady's actually pretty interesting at $7,900 for this slate. So I would say stick to those shootouts for the most part at quarterback. Use guys like Josh Allen, who does get a slight downgrade at John Brown. Can't go, but 
still certainly viable. Uh, and then check out guys like Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. And then also I mentioned Kyler Murray. If we get the green light on his health, consider him against New England. Yeah, that's true, too. He would look bang up last game. All right, uh, quickly to running backs here. We have Cook, 11,000. I think that's the high water mark for him this year. Uh, we have Alvin Kamara at 8,600. He saw some pullback last week with Hill at quarterback. Chubb at 8,400, Henry at 8,300, Jacobs at 8,000, and we'll stop with James Robinson, who seems like a lock and load every week in our standard leagues at 7,400 here, Jim. Uh, let's quickly run through here a couple of options. Yeah, I think you try to get to Dalvin Cook if you can at 11,000, and I think you can for this lake. There's some value wide receiver, and one guy who can help you get there is actually the aforementioned James Robinson. He's had some really tough spots recently, but now faces Cleveland with no Miles Garrett, and that's a good thing for James Robinson, who has had a tremendous snap rate. He's had uh, an amazing workload as well, and may get Gardner Minshew back this week. And Minshew has his flaws for sure, but with the way that Jake Luton has played the past couple oh, weeks, that's yeah. definitely a good thing uh, for Robinson and the Jaguars to get Minshew potentially back. I think that's a great thing for him. Mike Davis sounds like there will be no Christian McCaffrey again. I have my concerns around Davis's workload, but uh, I think that he's back in play here against Minnesota. And you could consider Kenyon Drake and Jonathan Taylor as lower salary plays down in the 6,000 range. All right. Rapid fire here. Receivers. We're showing you now Hill at 8,600 Hopkins, 8,500 Allen off the big game, 8,200 Ridley and Jones back to back. You see there. Diggs at 7,900, Thielen's on the COVID list, so iffy for now, and then Michael Thomas at 7,700. Jim, we got 20 seconds left. Just throw, throw me a dart here. Yeah, I think Cole Beasley is a guy to keep an eye on here, weirdly. Uh, John Brown banged up for the Bills in the games that Brown has missed. Beasley's had a really good role, $5,400. That'll help you get to Dalvin Cook. So I think that Beasley, for once, actually kind of in play this week. All, All right. right, Jim, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for always coming on the show. We'll catch up again next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Craig. All right, follow Jim Sanis on Twitter at Jim Sanis and over at Number Fire. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Captain Checkdown is back in full effect with Alex Smith. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game, so I think they can hang around with that front seven getting pressure on Andy Dalton. I'm actually going to take, if I can get the three on the Washington Redskins, but two and a half, it's a little bit risky, asking them to absolutely win outright in this one. The Sports Grid Network. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today each and every week. Howard Bender joins me here on the show as we take a look at the Westgate Super Contest, looking at the lines for the week, give you our early leans, and really early this week here on the show, of course, because we have the Thanksgiving Day holiday. We'll tell you if Howard and I are planning on using any of the games in the contest. It was our worst week of the season last week. We almost went 0-5. As scary as that sounds, it probably would have ruined our entire campaign. Luckily, really luckily, the Colts kicked a field goal, which gave us a 1-4, three games under 500 for the week. Still okay for the season, but now we got to go on a run, and it starts this week. So Howard Bender joins me. We'll start to take a look at the lines early on in the week. Howard, good to see you. Thanks, Vic. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Craig. Yeah, I'm still I'm still shaken by this one and four this week. That was just <laughs> that was abysmal. It was abysmal, yeah. but yes, like you said, clean slate. Now let's move forward. Let's make the picks. Now the weekly card for for the Westgate isn't out, so we're True. just looking at at some early yeah. lines for right now. We've got until six a.m. Uh, uh, East, uh, 6 a.m. Vegas time. 
Sure. So 9 a.m. all the time. My time. Yeah. Yeah. And and in the past, uh, Howard and I have not dove too much into the Thanksgiving Day games. I believe we did a couple of years ago. And, uh, and and it's just very tough with COVID and everything else going on. If you have to have all your picks in by Thursday for Sunday games in 2020, it's not always a recipe for success. So, of course, there is a dilemma with the late Thursday night game, with the iffiness of it and everything else. We will show you a line here, and we will show you the game. Keep in mind, if the game is postponed as we're doing this, uh, we we you know certainly understand that you know there there is the the game is in jeopardy for Thursday night somewhat you would think with all the COVID testing. Here are the three Thanksgiving Day games: the Texans are minus three at the Detroit Lions, the Cowboys are minus three at home against the Washington Football Team, and then again that night game, uh, Howard is the Steelers and Ravens, and right now the Steelers are minus four. And I think that that's like the easy go-to at this point. So uh, for preference sake, I don't, let's not get involved in Baltimore-Pittsburgh. Let's talk about the other two games. I don't think we're going to end up using either of these, but is there any reason to believe that you shouldn't just take both underdogs in the spot? I, I don't have a good feel for either of these games. Um, I, you know what? I would definitely lean on uh, on taking Washington with the points against the Dallas Cowboys. I think the fact that the Cowboys are a, a field goal favorite – uh, to a team that ran all over them yeah, the based last on time what? they played. Yeah, get this one, yeah. Right? It makes no sense. So Andy Dalton does not move the needle enough for me uh, in that in that space. Now, Houston-Detroit, I'm actually looking looking at the favorite here. I don't love it, and, I, and you know, this is strictly a lean, but I'll take Deshaun Watson and the offensive uh, prowess of the Houston Texans in their passing game against anything that Detroit's putting up right now. Matthew <laughs> Stafford. Last week. Matthew Stafford's just not right. Like you, yeah. you can tell that that you know he's off there. They don't trust the running game there one bit. Uh, even though they're going to get DeAndre Swift back, or at least they hope they're getting DeAndre Swift back. That might be the one reason why I would lean Detroit because they could use DeAndre Swift a lot more heavily. But with the short week, the concussion protocol, him not being cleared yet, makes me a little nervous. I'd lean Deshaun Watson right now in that game. All right, let's take a look at the early games for Sunday, which is what we know we'll be involved in. We'll start off with the Las Vegas Raiders at the Atlanta Falcons. The Raiders are now minus three at the FanDuel Sportsbook. We have Arizona as a three-point favorite, up from two and a half at the New England Patriots. New York Giants laying five and a half off their bye week against the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, without Joe Burrow. And wow, the Cleveland Browns, a six and a half point favorite on the road at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I guess I say, wow, I just never envisioned a, a day where Cleveland would be a seven-point favorite over anyone. I don't even know that they score more than seven points in a game, but honestly, Jacksonville looked awful, and Luton, the quarterback, looked awful last week as well. So, um, you know, diving into this a little bit, Howard, you know, certainly that's a game that is intriguing somewhat. I, I would love to lay points with the Giants, but then I have to ask myself, do the Giants deserve to be a six-point favorite over anyone? I don't care who they're playing against. And I could even say that about Arizona. I mean, Arizona's playing very well, but they're not winning any games. <laughs> they lost to Miami. They lost last week as well. They won on a Hail Mary, three-point favorites on the road at New England. So, see, it's a little dog city for me here. That's It's definitely dog city in that one. I would definitely take the Patriots over the, the Cardinals because it comes down to coaching for me. And Cliff Kingsbury is definitely outmatched when he's taking on a guy like Bill Belichick. You know, Cam's starting to get that passing game moving a little bit with Demir Bird and Jacoby Myers. 
the ground game gets a little bit of a boost with Sony Michelle back. Yeah, they're losing Rex Burkhead, but James White, uh, Sony Michelle, and Damian Harris is a nice little three-headed monster uh, they can use against a, a relatively soft defense. Uh, I don't know why you're going against Cleveland again here. Maybe it's just your surprise. Maybe you're just maybe you're just sitting there thinking this is the same old Browns. The Browns are going to brown, but. Listen, I've said it now on uh, on two wager alarm live streams that I favor Cleveland, and I was laying the points, and they covered both games. Uh, I don't know and, why we didn't go with Cleveland. Like, two weeks I don't know row, why we, we didn't said, go with Cleveland either, Craig. But I'm telling know, you right now, it's not like we fought about the pick. It's not like you said I want to take Cleveland, and I said no. I don't. It just slipped by us. I think we like no, early well, in the I week mean, like last Cleveland week and then forget. Bit, last week, you know, they were dealing with some injuries on defense. Miles Garrett, Garrett being out. out that was a that was a factor. Uh, there was also the uh, the extra half the the hook in there uh, as well. When we did the live stream on uh, on last Tuesday or last Wednesday, I was leaning Browns. I hedged a little bit because of the Miles Garrett injury. That's you know my my error there. But listen, Jacksonville is atrocious. Nick Chubb, atrocious Kareem week. Hunt. This is you know this is this is where they sit there and they power run the entire first half. They let the passing game open up nicely for Baker Mayfield. They give him a little confidence booster. This is just like what we saw in weeks two and weeks three. So uh, right, my we'll, we'll make that mistake this week. We'll make six. sure we, yeah, we'll make sure we side on Cleveland. And 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 it, you know why it's so scary to take Cleveland because you know they're not going to be covering at the half. They're going to have to grind it out to get the cover. It's not like Pittsburgh who just wiped the floor with Jacksonville this past week. But uh, good good call there. Let, let's let's recap the rest of the early games. We got the Carolina Panthers. They should have Bridgewater back this week against the Minnesota Vikings, who just suffered, I, I think, the season-ending loss, more or less. But Minnesota is minus four this week at home against Carolina. Very interesting matchup between Indianapolis and Tennessee. The line was four. It's going back and forth four, three and a half, with the Colts being favored. Buffalo Bills off their buy are minus five and a half against the Chargers. And then the Dolphins are laying a solid seven against the New York Jets. So I suppose we can go back to this Tennessee-Indianapolis game. And I know that we had the Colts and that was our lone win last week. But I didn't really feel good watching them <laughs> from start to finish. I felt like if the kick returner doesn't fumble and if Valdez Scantling doesn't fumble and like, I mean, a lot of things really had to happen for the Colts to win that game. And I th- and I thought Tennessee was impressive against Baltimore and watching that. I mean, Baltimore's not playing very well, but I-, I feel like getting points with Tennessee is good. Laying points may not be. That's my lean, at least. That could be. I don't. I also the, the half point in there because I'm seeing it at, at uh, three and a half right now that the Colts right. are favored. Um, if that hook sticks, then then I might lean Tennessee uh, in this one. I mean, listen, the Colts handily beat Tennessee couple of weeks ago on Thursday night football handily beat them handily uh, wasn't close absolutely right? De- mm-hmm. te- you know Derrick Henry still rushed for 100 yards you're uh, absolutely right and the Colts won that. however yeah. I don't think they're going to make the same mistakes that they made that allowed the uh the Colts to capitalize on those errors on Thursday night so I think I lean actually Tennessee here getting the points if that hook still stays in intact Okay, and then moving on to the later afternoon games, early if you're on the West Coast, 1 o'clock West Coast, 4 o'clock on the East Coast. Let's touch on these three. We have the New Orleans Saints and your best friend Taysom Hill laying five and a half 
at the wacky Denver Broncos who show up every once in a while at home and look like a Super Bowl contender. It's so bizarre how they play at home. It's really crazy. Uh, San Francisco's back off their bye at the Rams. The Rams laying seven. Who would have thought early in the season you would get the 49ers plus seven in any game this year, and, and you're getting it at the Rams. And then the marquee game of the week, which tells me, stay away, Kansas City Chiefs at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Tom Brady, when challenged, usually shows up. My lean would be Tampa Bay. I hate betting public games. This is probably the most public game of the year, the most watched game of the year between these two teams. And and I hate getting involved in these sort of games. I would lean Tampa early in the week, though. Uh, it's tough to lean Tampa. It really is. They've got a solid defense, but I mean, listen, Pass defense has struggled all of a sudden. Did you see the Did you see the comments made by Bruce Arians saying that he thinks that Tom Brady is having trouble reading defenses right now, and that's why That's why he's throwing interceptions. So that's a, you know that's a troubling statement there coming from Bruce Arians about his quarterback. Does that call out Tom Brady a little bit? I don't know. Maybe it does. But yeah, uh, you know, right. I, yeah, I don't want to. I'm bet like that you. I won't touch. You know it. what I want to do? I want to go hard against Denver this week. I don't believe what I saw last week was real. <laughs> I, I think they caught Miami at, at the right time. That altitude just gets teams in the fourth. You saw it happen with the Dolphins. And, and look, I know if Melvin Gordon scores on the one, Howard, the game is not even close. Really, Denver dominated start to finish. I'm just not a believer in that team. But at home, they play well. It's just. Odd. Even and when they're they at stink. home here, aren't they? They're they at home hosting home. New Orleans. So, you know, that's a, that's that's a tough one. Also, all right, um, we'll check back. Uh, you know, on on our on our streams later in the week on that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Sunday night, Monday night. You can't pay us enough to take the Bears, so it's either <laughs> Packers or nothing. The Green Bay Packers are laying eight and a half points. This was seven, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. It's back and forth. It's going to be more than a touchdown uh, on Sunday. That's for sure. And then the Monday night dog is back. Philadelphia Eagles, though, of all teams, you got to ride here. Are you kidding me? The Jets were a Monday night dog. They covered. The Giants were a Monday night dog. They covered. The Eagles getting five and a half. And you know where this line is headed. Six, six and a half, seven. It's going to go up. Do you dare? Do you dare back the dastardly Eagles who have looked as bad as any? I mean, they, they should be 0-6-1 this year. They just have not looked good at all. But it's a Monday night dog. I mean, what do you do? Rams won outright on Monday night here this week also. So, I mean, listen, is the trend your friend I think in we this one here? <laughs> as it sounds, you got to do it. I mean, I hate doing it, but. I hate doing it too, but yeah, listen, uh, you know, it comes down to the fact of, you know, Seattle's pass rush. Uh, that's, that's what it's going to be. Like if their pass rush is in effect, then they, then they can rattle Carson Wentz because the offensive line isn't right. good. That's but cool. if Wentz gets rid of the ball early, he hits Dallas Goddard, he hits his, you know, Jalen Rieger and he, and he stops waiting for that home run ball to Travis Fulgham. Then yeah, I'm telling you for five, you know at five and a half right now. I, I, was, I think by the time that we we uh, make the decision Saturday, I think it will get. Oh well, well the lines will lock Wednesday night, but I, I think Wednesday night it'll be six. I think we got a shot at six there. Yeah, I, I don't see anybody backing Philadelphia publicly. I don't see it. I don't either. So I'm with you. But on it's that a Monday one. night dog. I mean, it's like the. Oh, what are you gonna do? do? There's been how many games? Eleven Monday night games, and it's got to be hitting sixty percent Monday again. It's it's every year. It's just you, you got to either stay with it or don't do it at all. Because the problem is we've been on some, we've been off some, we've been on some. It's like we we go in different directions on that one. But anyway, 
go to wageralarm.com and you can see all of our picks that we make. The next time that we're going to discuss these picks, I know we're doing it early in the week, but the next time we're going to discuss it is going to be tonight, Wednesday night. If you tune into wageralarm.com, we're going to actually go through the actual lines when they're released later today here on Wednesday. And then Saturday night, Howard and I will make our picks uh, for the Westgate Super Contest again on the live stream there. So, Howard, have a great Thanksgiving with you and your wife and looking forward to catching up with you again on Saturday. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Craig. All the best to you and your family and the holidays as well. All right. Howard Bender at RotoBuzzGuy on Twitter. You could follow him as he breaks down everything happening in fantasy football. In order to win a fantasy football championship, you watch shows like ours. Check out FantasyAlarm.com also. Some unbelievable analysis and writers taking care of you in what is the most important part of the fantasy football season right now. Winning right now. Okay. We'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports Today. Plenty more to come here on the show. I'm Craig Mish. Joe Pizzapia joins us next as well. Don't go away. How far can these Saints go, this version of this offense? Because honestly, like, Drew Brees has 11 broken ribs. What do you think about this Taysom Hill-led Saints team? Boy, I think he stinks. Have I ever been uh, less impressed than 18 to 23? I couldn't care less. I felt like every time I saw him, it was Ben DiNucci all over again. They are much better off with Jameis at quarterback. The Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. A couple of loose ends to tie up, too, and just uh, in case you are thinking about maybe starting Austin Eckler this weekend, good news He might be ready to come off the shelf. Big game here for the Los Angeles Chargers traveling into Buffalo, facing them and Buffalo Bills come off a bye here. And look, even in the daily fantasy world too, Austin Eckler, there's opportunity here for him. This is one of our favorite backs coming into the season. Injuries have kind of crushed his season. This is your chance to start him now if he does indeed start this weekend. Have we not learned from starting Nick Chubb from CMC? Those guys when they come back from injury and they say, oh yeah, he's going to have a smaller workload. No. Let's not forget, too, Buffalo's given up some pretty good big games to running backs who can catch the ball in the backfield. So keep that in mind as well. Keep that on your radar. Also, as well, as we said at the top of the hour, just a reminder out there, there has been a change to the NFL schedule. The Steelers-Ravens game that was supposed to take place on Thursday night on Thanksgiving on the holiday has now been moved to Sunday due to the COVID issue. So hopefully they will get that game in. Hopefully Sunday doesn't become Monday. And hopefully Sunday stays Sunday night. Oh, that would be great. I would love that. But... At the end of the day here, I want to thank, since we are in the spirit of thankfulness here, I want to thank all of our guests today. That includes Benny Ricciardi, Andrew Erickson, Jim Sanis, Howard Bender, and of course, Dr. Chow always joins us on the show every week. I want to thank all of them for their contributions, not only today, but throughout the entire year. And of course, on behalf of Craig Mish, I want to thank all of you for watching Fantasy Sports today. We appreciate you, and I want to thank our team behind the scenes as well. And I also want to put it out there to everybody, too. I know 2020 has been tough. I know that. 2020 also you know, has seen a lot of people lose jobs, lose job security. Kids are home from school and homeschooling. We've had people who have lost loved ones, lost friends. 
And it's been a tough. And usually when things are tough, we turn to sports as one of our outlets. And we even lost sports this year for a good long while. And I know sports has come back and sports doesn't look exactly like it used to look. I know you see the masks, you see no crowd, you see a lot of different things. But I think at the end of the day in 2020, it's an important time to sit back and realize how grateful we are to be here, not just on this network, but to have everything that we do have. And I know it's been tough for a lot of folks out there this year in 2020. Hopefully 2021 will be the signal of some better times ahead and a little bit more normalcy, as it were. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there on behalf of me, Joey P. We'll see you next week on Monday. We'll be back on Fantasy Sports today. Have a great holiday weekend, everyone.